God is here. So Lord, we, we thank you for the ways that you have been speaking to each one of us. We see you've been challenging us and inviting us closer and nearer to you at the same time. Lord, I, I pray that as we hear from your word right now, that you would uh, continue to do that work of, of helping us to see where we are and um, challenging us to become more like Jesus. And also, Lord, um, that you would remind us that you are very close to us, that you want us to, to walk with you and to know you in a very real and intimate and personal way. So, God, I pray that each of us would know that today as we, as we hear your word spoken and, uh, Lord, as we continue to worship together today. In Christ's name, amen. So last week we began looking at this characteristic of our church that we're calling Uncommon Unity, and we've given this statement that we are a diverse community brought together by our shared experience of the love of Jesus, our King. And we focus on the ways that we're called together under the authority of Jesus, our King. Jesus says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and now go and make disciples of all nations. We are called together. We are those disciples who have come under the authority of Jesus, our King, and we've been brought together here as as the church. And uh, God has made us a diverse people here at Broadway in all sorts of ways. And last week I used this analogy of, of a salad and how the different ingredients of a salad can be used uh, together and how it can be eaten. One way is to put all the ingredients in a bowl and just kind of Put ranch dressing or Thousand Island or whatever you want. Just put it all over there so that everything kind of tastes the same. Another way is to kind of separate all the different places on the plate. And so uh, one, the lettuce is over there and the carrots are over there and the nuts are where? Here at Broadway. <laughs> or the right way to eat a salad is to put all of the ingredients on, on a, in a bowl and to put a little bit of oil in it and maybe just a little bit of salt so that all of the different flavors and all of the diverse flavors in that bowl uh, make a better flavor and a better taste than any one of those flavors together. And here at Broadway, we are seeking to be a church that doesn't just cover over all of our differences and just make us all like the same. And we also want to resist this temptation to allow our differences to divide us. But in humility, we are being called to learn to be a group of people who come together in our differences, and that through our differences and through our diversity, then we would be, that we would be better than we would on our own, that we believe that we are better together here at Broadway. And throughout the New Testament, we are told about... Um, different ways that the church is called to express this unity in our diversity. And one of those ways, and the way that we're going to look at today, is through our various spiritual gifts. That each one of us have diverse spiritual gifts, a role that each one of us have to play in the body of Christ, and that we are stronger when each part is doing its work. So if you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and that's going to be the, the main uh, place where we look this morning. There are three different places in Paul's letter where he talks about spiritual gifts. One is here in 1 Corinthians 12, another is in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 16, and the other is in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. But I think in verse 7, Paul gives his, his thesis statement. 
This is what he believes about what uh, spiritual gifts are and what they are for. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. This is Paul's thesis statement about spiritual gifts. He says, Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So this manifestation of the Spirit are these various spiritual gifts that each one of us has given so that as we use them together, that it benefits the whole. It benefits the common good. So we're going to talk about spiritual gifts today. Um, I've defined spiritual gifts in the past in, in this way. There are a thousand definitions of spiritual gifts, but this is the way that I define it that I found helpful. A spiritual gift is an ability given by God to the believer that, when used, produces spiritual and eternal benefits in others. Spiritual gift is an ability given by God to the believer that, when used, produces spiritual and eternal benefits in others. I heard this uh, definition this week that's uh, much more pithy. Spiritual gifts are the stuff the Spirit does. And another one that I liked, which was stuff Jesus did and now wants to do through you. I think that's one important part to remember about the spiritual gifts is all of the different spiritual gifts that are listed in Corinthians and Romans and Ephesians, all of them we see in the life of Jesus. Every single one of them are things that Jesus himself did. And so Jesus is now alive and at work through each one of us, through his spirit, enabling us and empowering us through these gifts to do the things that Jesus did as the body of Christ here on earth. So the spiritual gifts, there's, there's a, lot of, um, a lot of controversy about spiritual gifts in the church today. And um, some of you are very aware of that controversy and know all the nuances in, about it. Um, if you're not aware of that controversy, like ignorance is bliss, it's okay. You don't need to worry about it. Um, but I just want to say a couple of things to, to bring some clarity about who we are at Broadway and what we think about the spiritual gifts. Uh, the first... Again, there are these three lists in Romans, Corinthians, and Ephesians. And I want to say to you that, that, um, that those are simply examples of spiritual gifts. There's, there's some people who think that if you kind of take all three of those lists together, and if you kind of smash them all together, then that's the whole list. And I suggest to you that's not what Paul is after here. None of the lists match one another. Um, all of them are examples that he gives to describe the different lists. And so this is not meant to be a comprehensive list. I think there's 24 of them if you put them all together. Um, this is, these are examples of um, abilities that God gives to his people that produce spiritual and eternal benefits in other people. They are not an exhaustive list. Secondly... This is very important. At Broadway, we believe that all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still active in the church today. Uh, there, there are groups of people who, who think that some of these have ceased, particularly the miraculous gifts, and we don't believe that at Broadway. Uh, we believe that all of them are still active in the life of the church today. So that's just, if you were wondering, those are a couple uh, ways to, to clear the way for us. Um, what I want us to... Where I want us to start today is is really in the most important place, that uh, we can focus so much on the gifts that we forget the giver. We can focus so much on the gifts that we forget that the Holy Spirit is the gift. 
The Holy Spirit is the gift, and the Holy Spirit, the gift given to us, is one who gives different gifts to all of us. The Holy Spirit is the gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God's personal presence that he's given to each one of us, that each one of us can experience on a day-to-day basis. The reality of his personal presence in our life, that is the gift that we've been given by God. Luke chapter 11, there's this really interesting passage. Uh, It struck me a few years back as I was reading it. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus is teaching about prayer. And uh, he says this to his disciples. He says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or, if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give? And you kind of think he's going to say, give good gifts to his children. But that's not what he says. He says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? Oh, man. The Holy Spirit to those who ask. How much more will your Father in heaven give that good gift of the personal presence of God that we are able to enjoy and experience in our life each day as we follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit is given to those who come uh, to the Father like a child and who ask, who who know that they are dependent on the Father. And this is the the kind of attitude and the humility uh, that uh, makes us open to the personal presence of God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives. It's important for us to remember that the the Holy Spirit is is a person, a person that can be known. The the Holy Spirit is is not an impersonal force like in Star Wars, okay? It's not some impersonal power that we can learn to tap into and then kind of gives us superpowers if we tap into the Spirit. I love Star Wars. The final trailer came out this week. December 20th, episode 9, I'm excited about Love them, but don't equate the force in Star Wars with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is a person. In, in Star Wars, the force doesn't have a will. It's like whoever can tap into it, they can use the force in whatever way they want to, for good or for bad. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit has a purpose. Holy Spirit has will. The Holy Spirit knows you, and we can come to know and experience the Spirit as we follow Jesus. We, I've heard this before in churches, that we need to learn to harness the power of the Spirit. A harness is something you put on a horse in order to direct it to where you want to go. We don't harness the power of the Spirit. The Spirit harnesses us. We are called to be controlled by the Spirit. We don't control the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the personal presence of God that we are given to to enjoy and to experience the personal presence of God in our everyday life. So the Spirit, this personal presence of God, is the gift. And if we focus on the gift, the gifts will work themselves out. As we come to know and experience the Spirit's presence in our life, we will experience the Holy Spirit's gifts, these abilities that, when we use them, uh, bring about eternal and spiritual benefits in the lives of others. So I want to read uh, Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you haven't done so already. And just so you know, this, 
This chapter here in chapter 12 where he talks about the spiritual gifts is in this long section in Corinthians where Paul is giving instructions about how the church is to interact with one another when they gather together for worship. And so chapter 11 he gives instructions. Chapter 12 he talks about spiritual gifts and being part of the body. And then in chapter 14 he gives more instructions about uh, tongues and prophecy and how we should uh, gather together to worship. And then right in the middle of that is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which you should know, right? It's the love chapter, okay? So in the middle of this whole discussion about how we are to act and interact with one another uh, when we gather together at the church, right in the middle of all that is that chapter on love. And that's really at the heart of what happens when we gather together is, is that description of love that he gives in 1 Corinthians 13. But I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 11. Actually, uh, Bill Valley, would you stand up and read it for us? you got a good, booming voice. So um, read 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. Concerning spiritual gifts. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, Somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So if you, get, uh, if you read through 1 Corinthians 11 through 14, there were some problems in that church when they came together. They were, um, it seems like things were pretty chaotic and out of order and out of control. It seems like people were coming and saying, how can I use the gift for myself, for me to have my own personal experience and personal relationship with God? And they weren't asking the question, how, can I, how is this gift to be used for the common good? How is this gift to be used for the benefit of other people? People were using their gifts, and Paul says that all of these things are good things, but they need to be used in the right way and for the right purpose, for the building up of the common good, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so I want to, to spend our time, most of our time today by looking at this, this thesis statement that Paul gives. It's this verse 7. We're going to hone in on, on these three phrases Uh, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the common good. 
Let's begin with the manifestation of the Spirit is given. A spirit, by nature, cannot be seen with our human eyes. But the Holy Spirit wants to be seen by you. The Holy Spirit wants to be seen invisible to the world. The Holy Spirit wants to become visible in the world through your life, through my life, and through the life of the church. And the Holy Spirit then animates the church. The Holy Spirit fills the church, both individually and a whole, and it brings life to us and gives us the power and ability to do the things that Jesus did in his life. Uh, and all that the Spirit wants to do, and all the ways that the Spirit wants to be visible to the world, all of that's too big uh, for one person. And so the Holy Spirit fills each individual person and gives each one a gift. And so when we all come together and when we all use our gifts for the common good, the Spirit is revealed more. And the more that the gifts are used, the Spirit is manifested in in more clear ways to the world, manifested to one another more, the more the gifts are used. The more that each person uses the gifts, the more visible that Jesus becomes among us as the Spirit reveals him to us. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. This is a wonderful phrase. To each one is given an opportunity to be a visible demonstration of the goodness and kindness and love of God. In less than two months, um, believe it or not, you're going to wake up on Christmas morning. And for those of you who have kids, uh, there's going to be a bunch of gifts under the tree. And some of those gifts have your name on them. But not all of them, right? There are some of the gifts that have other people's names on them. And unless you're a really selfish person, you're glad that not all of them have your name on them. You're glad that they have different names on them. Each one of us receives different gifts. This reminder that there are many different gifts in in the church is a good reminder for some of you who need to be reminded that not all of the gifts are yours. And not all of the work that God wants to do in the church is yours to do. There is work that the church is called to do that doesn't have your name on it at all. And some of you need to to hear that today. For others of you, your problem might be the opposite. You, You don't believe that God has a gift for you at all. And because of your history, because of your background, because whatever, I'm just too busy now, or whatever it might be, you think that you may just be too messed up for God to give you a gift. I'm going to say to you that that is a lie. He has a gift for you. God loves you. And not only has he given you salvation through Jesus, he gives you a gift to be used for the common good. I just want to bring one other word of clarification that um, I don't think that there's any reason to believe that, that at your salvation that The Spirit just gives you like one or two gifts and that they're static and they're going to be the same way for your entire life. Like God gave you the gifts of helps and so you're just kind of stuck setting up tables and chairs for the rest of your life. (laughs) Well, that person over there is like healing people of cancer all the time. Like, I don't think it's quite like that. I I think that As we grow and come to know the Spirit, the Spirit may give us new and different gifts. And a gift is also something that we ask for, right? Like, I would like this gift. I think that God would love if we asked for this. This is a gift that I 
see in Scripture, I see in this person, I, I'd like that. Lord, would you give me that gift? Okay, so I think there, there is a view out there that, you know, you become saved and then you're kind of like given this particular, like, Jesus superpower. And that's the one that you have for the rest of your life. And I just don't think it's quite, quite like that. That this is something that we can grow into as we grow in our understanding of who Jesus is and grow in understanding of who we are in ourselves. And it's probably true that in your life there's going to be one or two that maybe rise to the surface more often than others. That's probably true. But I don't think that it's quite as static as maybe we, we often think. So this manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. This is good news for every one of us. And it's also given for the common good. Each one of you is given gifts so that the body of Christ can be built up, so that all of us can be stronger, so that the body can be more fruitful, so that we can together uh, be used by God for the sake of of the world. The end goal of your gift isn't for you to to feel successful. It's not for you to get any glory. Um, The end goal of your gift is for you, is for the good and the building up of it. The body of Christ. It's not for you. It's for, for other people. And it's interesting in Romans and Corinthians and in Ephesians, every time Paul talks about the spiritual gifts, he connects it very closely to this metaphor that he likes so much of the church being the body of Christ, where each part has a work to do. And so his thinking about spiritual gifts tends to lead him to thinking then about how we are all one body of Christ, but how each individual part has a work to do. Um, I shared with you, I think I might have been preaching on spiritual gifts a while ago about how uh, some years ago I ruptured my Achilles tendon playing soccer. Um, that little tendon on the, on the back of your heel that, I don't know, weighs like probably two ounces. Um, it just snapped right in half when I was playing soccer. And because of that, for about three months, the rest of my body was not able to do the work that it was usually able to do because that one part wasn't able to do its work. And this is a picture for us um, in the church. The function of each part, your part to play, is for the common good. The Achilles tendon, this very little tendon, does this incredible work of connecting the foot to the leg. It's a very small job, but it is essential. Trust me, it is essential to the functioning of the rest of the body. Your gifts are necessary, no matter how small you feel they may be. They are necessary. They make a contribution. Even if you don't think that your, your gift is really that big of a deal or really requires that much effort, it's, it's necessary. What I am learning, in fact, is that the things, the things that I do that feel really small and that feel really easy are actually when I'm most acting out and offering my gifts to other people. But sometimes we think that, you know, using our gifts needs to be a lot of effort, a lot of hard work, and of course that, that's, that's there. But you know, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you an easy yoke. Bear my yoke. It's, it's an easy yoke that he's calling you to. And so I want you to think about some of the things in your life that, that you do that just kind of come easy to you. And I want to suggest to you that might be a cue for where you need to be operating and using your gifts. And so, for my years as a pastor, I've discovered that when I, 
when I decide to start something new, like I've got this idea in my head of something that can happen, and I like set my mind to starting it, and I I work really hard to starting uh, at starting this new thing, and it's my idea, and I try to put it into place and try to get other people around me to work. It like always fails, like every single time. And I've got good ideas, people, like really, really, really good ideas. But I just find that when like, I have the idea and I, I try to implement it and put it into place, like, it just everybody gets really frustrated. But what I've discovered is that what I'm really good at, what God has given me the ability to do, is to come alongside people who have their idea and to help them discern what that looks like in the life of the church. I'm really good at putting the, the right people in the room together to make something happen. I don't do it always perfectly or well, and I know there's some of you who have come to me and have asked things, and it hasn't happened. I'm not like, I'm not Jesus, okay? <laughs> but I've found that this, is, that this is something that God has given to me. I have the, the gift of discernment and the gift of shepherding, and these two things come together in beautiful ways. Uh, often when somebody has an idea or a project or an idea. And I, I find that when I'm in those rooms that it's often really easy for me to do. I, I don't even feel like it's a gift. I don't even feel like it's really effort for me to do. For a long time, I didn't even see that thing that I do as really a gift at all because I was just kind of doing it without thinking. And I think that that's often the way that our gifts, gifts um, emerge. And I think there's a lot of you, people... Um, I'll embarrass her now, like Jennifer Flickinger. Like when you want her to organize and administrate something, she's like, it's just really not the big a deal for me. I do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, that is not what I want to do. And I'm really glad that you're doing it because I'd be bad at it. But she just kind of does it. And it's kind of easy for her. It's because it's, it's a gift that she has. And so over the years here at Broadway, there's just been dozens of projects that have started that, that were not my idea. <laughs> It was not my idea at all. The, the renovation project was not my idea. Uh, this focus on mental health that we've had over the last couple of years and the, the fruit that that is bearing and is going to bear in our life, it, it wasn't my idea to focus on that. Um, a year and a half ago, it was, it was Simps who said, we really need to strengthen our small groups here at Broadway. We really need to do this together, and we need to invest time and energy as staff uh, to improve these and strengthen these. And we've gone from uh, about 50 or 60 people in small groups to over 180 people this fall. It was not my idea. But all of these different ideas and Celebrate Recovery and the Orchard and the Rite of Passage and all these sorts of things that have started, um, they were given to people. These ideas were given to people by God, came to me, we prayed about it, we thought about it, um, and their gifts and my gifts were brought together and we were able to see good fruit happen. Friends, our, our uncommon unity is, is lived out here at Broadway when each one of us manifests the work of the Holy Spirit that he's given to us. That's when, that's when good, fruitful work happens, when each one of us is doing the work that God has called us to do. And so I, I just want to leave you with this today, that one of the most important things that we can do for our brothers and sisters in Christ is to call out the gifts in them, is to name what we see in them. I see this in you. 
Why don't you give this a try? I believe that you might have this particular spiritual gift and God wants to use you in this way. Uh, give that a try. Um, there are, you know, you can like hop on your phone right now and type in spiritual gifts inventory and take a test and it'll like shoot out this, you know, five gifts that you have or whatever. I, I think that can be useful. Uh, but the most powerful thing that God uses in our lives is one another and the words of one another uh, to call out these gifts in our lives. So I, I want to encourage you as we think, so I just mentioned small groups, that your small groups can be a way. I think that might even be a question this week in your small group guide is to name the gifts in one another. What do you see in one another? It's a really powerful moment. I can think in my life when somebody called out a gift in me that I'm continuing to, to live in and to, to work on. So uncommon unity, part of that, friends, is each of us um, using our spiritual gifts for the common good. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for uh, this, this thing that you chose to do of filling us with your spirit so that we could know you and experience your personal presence. And then you wanted to be made known to the world through us. And I don't think we can take that seriously enough. I don't think we can get our minds around how, how big all of that is. But God, we are grateful for this idea that you had uh, to give each of us gifts so that each one of us uh, could do our work that builds up your church. I pray that we would be faithful, each one of us who is here today, that each one of us will be faithful uh, to receive the gifts that you've given to us and to use them for the sake of our brothers and sisters and for the sake of our neighbors. I pray, Lord, that you would receive um, all of the glory, uh, all of the praise through the work that you call us to do. In Christ's name, amen.